0: Would you turn to Luke's Gospel, chapter 1? Luke's Gospel, chapter 1. Today's message is entitled, The Ever-Loving Activity of Almighty God. God has forever been and forever will be at work. He's working in your life today. He's working in my life today. He's working in the universe today. He's working on planet Earth today. Now, don't be mistaken. I'm not saying God is still creating God created and God rested. But He's been working on our behalf ever since. And He'll continue to work on our behalf until we're all safely home. Luke chapter 1, beginning verse 39 today. Last week, I made a few statements to you as I was preparing to preach the message, the foundations of marriage. And I let off with a statement that said we're living in dark times. And I mentioned that for some... They're living in confusing times. And even for God's very elect, the church, those of us that have been born again, if we're not careful, we can become discouraged ourselves. And I caution that if we're not very, very careful, we too can be dragged backwards into discouragement. We can be dragged into confusion. If we're not careful, we can actually be dragged into darkness. I'm not talking about lostness, I'm talking about a dark place. But here's what I have figured out. Regardless of what we see going on around us, we don't have to allow or invite what's going on around us to find a home on the inside of us. Can I get an amen? We're a people of hope. We're a people of faith. We're a people of love. And our hope and our faith and our love is built upon Jesus Christ in His never-ending love and provision and His keeping power and His sustaining power, His assurance. Well, as we start reading in the book of Luke, we find that 2,000 years ago, times were similar to what they are today. 2,000 years ago, according to Scripture, times were dark. Times were confusing. Times were discouraging. Unlike today, though, 2,000 years ago, God had been silent for over 400 years. Now imagine as dark as it can be today and as confusing as it can be today and as discouraging as it is today, we have the Word of God. We have the working of the power of the Holy Spirit. We have all the benefits of being part of the New Testament church. These people were still under the law. It was still before the Holy Spirit had come. And God had been silent for 400 years. What are you trying to say, Steve? Suck it up. We've got it made. We've got it made. We have the entire canon of Scripture. We have the printed Word of God. How many of you all own more than one copy of Scripture? Raise your hand. I mean, you've got printed copies. You've got electronic copies. You come to church and we print it in the bulletin. We put it on the screen. I mean, we're eat up with the Word of God, aren't we? But still at times, things get dark, don't they? still at times we can become confused and still at times we can become discouraged. As I said, for over 400 years God had been silent and then out of nowhere, without warning, the angel of the Lord shows up one day and appears to the gentleman named Zechariah. Zechariah is serving in the temple as priest. And to the right of the altar, Gabriel, the angel, appears to Zechariah and tells him that his prayers have been heard and that his wife Elizabeth will soon be expecting a child. They're an older couple. They're a barren couple. They're beyond childbearing years. It's in comparison to Abraham and Sarah. These people are old. They're past childbearing years. But Gabriel shows up and says, guess what? You're going to have a baby. And not only are you going to have a baby, you're going to have a baby who grows up to be a great man. He's going to do great and marvelous things for the kingdom of God. And to make sure that happens, listen to this, for the first time ever, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while he's still in his mother's womb. About six months later, Gabriel shows back up and he visits a young virgin by the name of Mary who is engaged to a gentleman by the name of Joseph. And similarly, Gabriel begins to explain to Mary, Mary, I know you're a virgin. I know you're only engaged. I know you've kept yourself pure for marriage. But guess what? By the the power of the Holy Spirit, by the spoken word of God, you're going to become pregnant. You're going to conceive, and you're going to name this baby Jesus because He is going to save His people from their sins. Now, this is no small matter. This is no small matter. I mean, as we read through the Word of God, it seems like the more we read it, sometimes the more we become numb to it. This is big stuff. This is big news. This is big news. And so the story continues. The story continues. Let's read together in Luke chapter 1. Would you stand with me this morning as we read God's Word? The Bible says in Luke chapter 1 verse 39, In those days Mary arose. Now this is... Just, just at the end of the story I've, I was verbalizing to you, Elizabeth is now about six months pregnant. Mary has become pregnant, and the story picks up here. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. This, Elizabeth and her are family. She's gone to a family's house to visit, to share with them the wonderful news is what's taking place. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, listen, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. If we back up to verse uh, 21, I think it is, we're also told that the baby himself is filled with the Holy Spirit. And Elizabeth exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women! and blessed is the fruit of your womb and why is it granted to me that the mother of my lord should come to me how does elizabeth know all that she knows she's been filled with the holy spirit see the holy spirit of god takes the guesswork out for us christians did you know that the Holy Spirit come, descends directly from the Father and back to the Father, communicating the Father's will at all times. Did you know that you have Him at your disposal? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord why did the baby leap why did the baby why was the baby in the womb filled with joy john the baptist is worshiping god in spirit and in truth in the womb because he's filled with the holy spirit i didn't I, i'm not meaning to preach all this this is not in the notes but God joy is sending in our way. Now listen closely, listen closely to verse 46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me. Blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and his holy name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Mary said more than a mouthful Mary has said a heartful. She's declaring praise and honor and glory to almighty God, why? Because God is sending Jesus. The savior of the world to redeem to himself his chosen people. And Mary remained with her about 3 months and returned her home? Let's pray together. Almighty God, thank you, thank you, thank you. God, thank you for your presence today. God, we're not worthy of your presence, but you've deemed us worthy through your Son, Jesus Christ. And as Mary praises you in these verses of Scripture, so do we, Father. We praise your name. We lift up the name of Jesus today and we bow before you and we bow before him with humble hearts. as Chad was testifying as he was singing, Father, you, you found us with dead hearts. And through the same Spirit of God that we see at work in the Bible, that same Spirit who is alive and working feverishly today to redeem a people to you, He awakened our dead hearts. He regenerated our hearts. He gave us faith and He gave us repentance and He gave us belief and He enabled us, dear God, to confess our sins to you. He enabled us to believe in our hearts that Christ died for our sins. He enabled us to confess Jesus as Lord, believing in our heart, confessing with our mouth. And God, we were saved and born again. Filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit, God help us to recognize today how that You have forever been at work—the work of redemption. Father, be glorified today. We pray that lost souls will be saved. We say that we pray that saved souls will be revived and encouraged and blessed today. Above all else today, we pray that Your perfect will be done. And we ask all of this in the mighty, mighty, mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Amen. You can have a seat. want to welcome you again. want to welcome the folks that's watching by Facebook and YouTube. We're appreciative to everybody who uh, worships with us, who sings songs with us, who pray with us, those who serve in the many capacities of serving in the church. And we appreciate you being here today to hear God's word. As I said a moment ago, What we're seeing take place here in Luke chapter 1 is no small passive matter. This is not a fairy tale. This is is not a story found in a children's book. This is not some fictional novel that we're reading from. This is the Word of God. That's a good place for an amen. What's taking place here in the Word of God is off the scales. It's a big deal. It's a big, big deal. Did I say it's a big deal? God is not. God never has been. And God never will be passively removed from His creation. He's providentially hands-on involved in everything that He's made. So what we're seeing here in these verses of Scripture is God at work. God at work transforming the old covenant promises into new covenant reality, realizing those promises coming about. You understand now why I say, hey, this is a big, big deal. This is God making everything new. Now, in the Old Testament, this activity was first revealed in creation. First revealed in creation. And then it progressed through the the life of Israel, the chosen people of God. Here in the opening verses of the New Testament, we see the, the ongoing mission of God redeeming His people. Redeeming His people. Today, Sunday, February the 23rd, 2020, God remains actively involved in all of creation. He's working in the universe. He's working in the atmosphere. He's working on planet Earth. He's working in the woods. He's working in the cities. He's working at your house. He's working at the church house. He's working in our hearts and lives, actively pursuing us, loving us, providing for us everything that we need. This is why the baby leaps in his mother's womb. This is why Elizabeth cries out, Blessed are you, the mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is why Mary breaks out in song and just praises God that, that she's a nobody who's now pregnant with a somebody who's coming to love and save everybody so that we can all spend eternity with God in heaven. This is a big deal, in case I haven't said that already. This is a big deal. Not only is He active in our lives, but He's active in all of creation, ruling and reigning as King of kings and Lord of lords. So as we continue our 2020 focus, and that's what we're doing, in 2020 we're focusing on the Word of God. Focusing upon the Word of God so that we know and understand the will of God so that we can be about the Father's business. And you know what happens to people who are about the Father's business? They're a blessed bunch of people, amen? They're a blessed bunch of people. Now, what I want us to do for the next few minutes is explore God's Word. I told Michelle last night, I said, I'm going to preach a great message tomorrow. She said, oh, you yeah. are? I said, yeah. It's going to be 98% Scripture and about 2% me. That makes for a great sermon. Can I get an amen? You never go wrong when you share Scripture. You never go wrong when you share Scripture. So I hope you came hungry. I hope you came hungry this morning. You know, sometimes I'm hungry and I want a sip of water. Sometimes, I say hungry, sometimes I'm thirsty and I want a sip of water. Sometimes I'm really thirsty and I get a big old glass of water. Today, I hope you came thirsty because God is fixing to take the cover off the fire hydrant and he's fixing to fill us full with living water, okay? That's where we're going this morning. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to explore his word. I want us to discover. I want us to realize. I want us to believe, and I want us to take comfort today in the fact that God is on His throne, and He's not just sitting there imagining what could take place. I don't think he, I don't think God created everything that He had created, and then entered into rest and said, "Now Jesus." hey, Holy Spirit, I don't know what that bunch is going to get into, but listen, we've got to keep our eyes open, we've got to keep our ears open, we've got to be alert and attentive because we don't know how they're going to respond, we don't know what they're going to do, and we're going to have to be reactive to everything they do. That's not the God I serve. God is a sovereign God who is in control of all things at all times and he's providential, and nothing happens by surprise. He knows all things at all times, and he never reacts to anything. He's proactive in everything. First thing I want you to notice this morning is God. We're talking about the ever-loving activity of Almighty God. That's that's the sermons today. We're going to search the Scriptures, and we're going to be affirmed and comforted By the fact that God is still actively working on our behalf today. The first thing I want you to notice is this. God is active by nature. Am I maybe missing a scripture here? I'm looking for the slide that says God is active by nature. Is it there? It may not be there. God is active by nature. You fill in the blank with the word active there. He's actively working out His sovereign purposes at all times. We see this in John chapter 5 and verse 17. But Jesus answered them, My Father is working until now, and I am working. And I am working. Psalm 115 and verse 3 says, Our God is in the heavens. He does all that He pleases. This could be this next verse, Proverbs 16, verse 4. It says, The Lord has made everything for its person, for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Do you not see that God is in control of all things at all times, whether it's good or bad, whether it's righteous or wicked? God does as He pleases. How can God do as He pleases? He's God and you're not. He's God and I'm not. He is enthroned in heaven. God is active by his very nature. God is an active God. He's actively working out his sovereign purposes. The next thing I want you to notice is this. The names of God, the the various names of God found throughout Scripture reflect his activity and his involvement in his people's lives. Listen, I know. I know for various reasons there's times that we may feel lonely. There's times that we feel like no one cares. There's times that we feel like no one loves us. But listen, I'm here to declare to you today, God loves you. Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will go with you to the very end of this age. The very names of God himself reflect his activity his activity in your life and my life all of his people's lives genesis 22 says the lord will provide exodus 15 says the lord who heals you exodus 17 says the lord is my banner emphasizing that god is like a warrior who champions his people's cause. God is always working on our behalf. God is always fighting for us. And if God is warrioring, and if God is fighting, guess who's winning? If God be for us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? Psalm 95 says, The Lord, our Maker. Now listen, the Hebrew word used here for Maker does not refer to the original creation but to the way in which God is currently active in fashioning a people for Himself. The active work of redemption. God is doing that. God is doing that. Now, something we need to realize in God's activity is this. His word, His word is active. His word is active. His word is alive. His word changes things. His word changes situations. His word changes people. His word changes people's hearts. His word is active. In Isaiah 55, the Hebrew meaning for word can also be translated deed or action, meaning what? It's a verb, it's action. God's Word is alive. God's Word is active. God's Word is not merely a communication of abstract truth. No, sir. No, ma'am. God's Word is active. It's the most powerful active force in all the universe. You've seen educational films. You've seen the TV Uh, commentaries of of where they'll drop atomic bombs and hydrogen bombs and all the different mighty, mighty creations of man. And we're like, wow, that has to be the most powerful thing I've ever seen. No, sir. No, ma'am. Right here is the most powerful active force on planet Earth. You got trouble in your life, get in the Word of God until the Word of God gets in you. You got trouble in your marriage, both of y'all get in the Word until the Word of God gets into you. Whatever ails you, this will fix. Do you understand that? The power of the spoken Word of God. The Word of God is active. Isaiah 55 10 and 11. It says, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word, God says, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. It will not return to me empty. It shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Maybe not in your time. Maybe not in my time. But God says when I send my word forth, it will accomplish everything that I've sent it out to accomplish. Man, that encourages me. That comforts me. That takes the worry out of life. This is God's plan book for humanity and everything is going according to plan. I don't need a Democrat to fix nothing. I don't need a Republican to fix nothing. I don't need an Independent to fix nothing. I don't need a Capitalist to fix nothing. I don't need a Socialist to fix nothing. I don't need nobody to fix nothing. I just need to get everybody in tune with God's plan and God's will according to God's Word and live according to God's Word and get your nose out of Washington and get your head out of the clouds and... Some people need to get their head out of somewhere else. Get in the Word of God until the Word of God gets into you, and everything will be hunky dory. Everything will be okay. God's Word is active, in case you didn't catch that. Genesis 1 3. How does God's Word work? Well, God said, Let there be light, and guess what? There was light. Ezekiel 37 verse 4 and 7 God is saying these words to Ezekiel He said prophesy over these bones and say that you know what a bone is don't you? A bone is something that's dead it was alive and now it's dead and it's done past dead and it's done past rotten it's just a bone now and you know what bones do? they do nothing They lay there. But God said, Ezekiel, you need to prophesy over these bones and you need to speak to them. You need to speak my word because my word is alive. My word is active. Ezekiel, you speak to these bones. And here's what I want you to say. You say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is not the word of Ezekiel. This is not human flesh making this happen. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's all about him. And his word is active and his word is alive. And he said, you speak these words to these dead bones. Now we have a part in this. We got to be obedient. We have to listen to God. And Ezekiel said, so I prophesied as I was commanded. I did it God's way. I said what God told me to say. I said it to who he said to say it to. I did what I was commanded to do. And guess what happened? As I prophesied in the midst of speaking the word of God, there was a sound. And behold, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. Well, Brother Steve, that was then and this is now. Brother Steve, that was the old covenant and we're in the new covenant. Now, Brother Steve, you know times have changed. You know what? You need to get saved. You need to experience what John the Baptist experienced in his mother's womb. You need a taste of the Holy Spirit of God. You, you need to come to know Jesus Christ the the maker of all creation, the sustainer of all creation. You you need to get a dose of the active Word of God on the inside of you, and then you'll come to know and believe and understand there's nothing impossible for God. There's nothing impossible for God. Woo! I'm going to have to take a break to finish this. Now, Brother Steve, that was the old covenant. Well, would you mind turning with me to John chapter 11? Huh? Would you come into the New Testament with me for just a minute? In the case of the death of Lazarus, this is Mary and Martha's brother Lazarus. This, this, this is a family who are personal friends with Jesus. What we learn in this story is this. Even bad things happen to Jesus' friends. Bad things happen to God's people. Why? Because we're living in a fallen world. And that's why it's dark. And that's why it's discouraging. And that's why it can be confusing at times. But listen, this will put 20-20 vision in your eyes right here. Yeah, just because you're serving God... Doesn't mean everything's going to be beautiful and perfect and always go your way. But I promise you this, it will always go His way. It'll go His way. Does God's people get sick? They do. Do God's people ever go broke? They do. Do God's people ever go through divorce? They do. Do they ever go bankrupt? They do. Do they ever fall on hard times? They do. Well, then what's the advantage of serving God? Oh, that's a dangerous question. That's a dangerous question. Jesus said, regardless of your circumstances, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And what we're missing on earth, God replenishes in our spirits, in our souls, in our mental stability. When we built, when we built upon the foundation of God, the winds can blow, the storms can come. But when we're built upon the foundation of God, guess what? All things work together for good to them who are called according to His purposes. But all those things you mention, are those good things in and of themselves? No. But if that is part of God's plan, then just realize that God is in control and God is sovereign and God is walking through the valley with us, but we will fear no evil. These are close personal friends of the Lord Jesus Christ. And not only does Lazarus get sick, Jesus leaves town. The word comes to Jesus, Lazarus is sick and he's going to die. And the disciples say, Jesus, I guess we might order a head back because Lazarus is sick and he's going to die. And Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death. How did Jesus know that? Because he's the know, all knowing, all powerful Son of the Most High God. Now, by the time Jesus gets back, guess what happened? Yeah. Lazarus is dead. But the disciples are going, boy, oh, missed this one, didn't he? Maybe he just told us two days ago that this guy ain't gonna die. Well, he didn't really die, he just took an extended nap. You know what I mean? You've heard the story, haven't you? Let's, let's look at the story in John chapter 11. The Bible says, then Jesus deeply moved again. He came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Now, Jesus is already speaking faith, isn't he? He knows that the only thing standing between him and Lazarus is the rock, and the rock don't matter. He's just acting this out so that the people around him can see the power and the outworking of Almighty God. Jesus didn't need that, Jesus didn't need that rock rolled away. If he had said, Lazarus, come forth, with that stone rolled against the grave, guess what would have happened? Lazarus would have walked through the rock. But Jesus said in verse 39, take away the stone." Take away the stone. So they took away the stone. And when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And the man who had died came out. God's word is active. God's word is active. Now let's rewind. Let's, re- let's rewind time and let's go back to when God was, re- God was active back in creation. Making the universe you can believe in the big bang you can believe anything you want to you're free to believe what you want and how you want but I'm going to tell you the truth in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and God said that and that settles it Nehemiah verse uh, Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 6 says you are the Lord you alone You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens with all their hosts. The earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. And you preserve all of them and the host of heaven worships you. God was active in creation. Psalm 102, 25. Of old you laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. Even Amos in chapter 4 says, Behold, he who forms the mountains and creates the wind and declares to man what is his thought, who makes the morning darkness and treads on the heights of the earth, the Lord, the God of hosts, is his name. Are you catching on yet? Acts 17, 24. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples, Made by man. Revelation four eleven. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. But guess what? God's still at work. God's still at work. God is active and sustaining his created. Order. I just want to say for just a moment, and I do, I, I, I sympathize. And, and I think we ought to show pity. And I think we ought to love and help people who are ignorant to God's truth. Don't you believe that, honestly? I'm not being sarcastic. People running around like a chicken with its head cut off. The sky is falling, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. If we don't do this, if we don't do that, all this is going to come to an end. Not until God says so. And God has already appointed the number of days that will be in existence, and they ain't nothing catastrophic. Going to destroy this place until God snaps His finger and says, Be destroyed with fervent heat. When He refines this planet and the new heavens and the new earth comes down from the heaven and the earth that exists today. Why? Because God is sustaining His created order. In Psalm 103, verse 19, The Lord has established His throne in the heavens and His kingdom rules over them. You don't know who's in charge today. I'm not talking about in this room. I'm not talking about in this town. I'm not talking about in this state. I'm not talking about in this nation. I'm not talking about this continent. I'm I'm not talking about the Western Hemisphere. You want to know who's in control of all things at all times? God is. It says right here, the Lord. L-O-R-D, all caps, that's God the Father. And the Lord has established His throne in the heavens and His kingdom rules over, say all. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 28 and 30. Jesus asked a very important question. What are you worried about? Again, I, I sympathize with folks who are going through things and, and I can empathize with people who are going through things that I've gone through or are going through. And I'm not saying we should be cold and calloused. I'm saying saying we ought to be loving, we ought to be encouraging, we ought to be uh, nurturing, We, we, we ought to pick up our weaker brothers and sisters, and even those who don't know Jesus, we need to come along beside people and love them with the love of Jesus. But here's what we need to tell them. We need to tell them what I'm preaching to you today. God loves you. God is on His throne in heaven. And all things are going according to plan. And if you'll just submit your plans to His plans, the plans will run together and everything will work out in the end. Look here, Jesus is saying this. Jesus said, why are you anxious? Why are you worried? Why are you anxious about clothing? Jesus said, look around, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil, they don't spin, they don't shop at Walmart." They don't shop on Fifth Avenue. They don't shop in Beverly Hills. They don't shop online. They don't shop nowhere. Why? Because the Father Creator sustains them. Why? Because they are His creation. And He's active in the life of even the flowers of the field. He said, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, one of the wealthiest, wisest men that was ever on the planet, even Solomon in all of his earthly glory was not arrayed like one of these. He says, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? And Jesus sums up the question, why are you anxious anxious with the answer? Oh, you little faith. You're not trusting God doesn't make you a bad person doesn't make you a stupid person just means you need to grow your faith. Well brother Steve, I could sure use a good dose of faith today get in the word of God until the Word of God gets into you and your faith will grow Ephesians 111. In Him. In who? In the Lord Jesus Christ. In Him we have obtained an inheritance. Having been predestined according to the purpose of Him. According to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of whose will? His will. Colossians 1, 16 and 17. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him. And guess what? For Him! We think a little too much of ourselves. Did you know that? And He is before all things. Listen closely. And in Him, all things hold together. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. But see, I need details. You'll get what it gives you. And if that ain't enough, deal with it. Trust Him, love Him, follow Him. Walk by faith and not by sight. You know what else God does? God is managing the weather. and God is managing the climate. And I don't care where you stand on issues of today. I'm here to tell you God's in control. God created it. God's sustaining it. God's managing it. And we have nothing to worry about. Now listen, I am a proponent that we should be good stewards of all of God's creation. We need to be good stewards of what God has blessed us with. Can I get an amen? Because nothing here belongs to us. It's all His. It was created by Him and for Him. We just saw that in the previous verses, didn't we? But we still need to nurture it and love it and take care of it. We don't need to take advantage of it. We need to honor God. Part of worshiping God is being good stewards of everything God has given us. But in Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22... While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. God created it, and it's going to be until the millisecond of time that God says no more. And everything in between, God is managing, God is sustaining God is in control. Daniel 2:21 God changes times and seasons. He removes kings and He sets up kings. Listen closely. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. What we have today, what we have today is a lack of wise people who have no understanding of God in His providential and his sovereign ways. The same people that don't need to be anxious about what they're going to wear don't need to be anxious about climate change. God's in control. God's working all this out. You know what you need to be focusing on? Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. That's the Word of God. Psalm 147 and verse 8 says, He covers the heavens with clouds. He prepares rain for the earth. He makes grass grow on the hills. Psalm 107, 25. For He commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. Matthew 8, 23 through 27. And when Jesus got into the boat, His disciples followed Him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped with the waves, but He was asleep. What's he doing sleeping? See, when Jesus gets in the boat, it's going where he deems it's going. When Jesus says, get in the boat, we're going the other side, you might as well lay down and take a nap. We're going to the other side. That's the end. That's the end. But it says here, and behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the water, but... Jesus is asleep. What do you do when you get scared? You go wake Jesus up, right? So they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And look what he said. Almost a mirrored statement to what he spoke in Matthew's Gospel. Chapter 6, he says, Why are you afraid? Do you know who I am? Huh? That's what I would ask of the church today. Do do we not know who He is? Do we not have enough proof again and again and again and again? When Jesus says, get into the old ship of Zion, we're sailing home to heaven. Guess what? Get in. Get in. We're going across. What about when the storms come? Stay in. We're going across. What about when the wind blows? Stay in. We're going across. What about when the storms? And What about when the boat starts taking on water? Stay in the boat. We're going across. Why are you afraid, you little faith? Then he rose up and what did he do? He didn't rebuke the disciples. He corrected them and encouraged them. What did he He turn to the wind? He turned to the storm. He turned to the water. He turned to the rain. He turned to everything that was coming against them and he rebuked the winds and the sea. There was a great calm. What about it, church? Church. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? Not only is he in control of the weather and the climate and all there is, he's in charge of and he's actively taking care of the stars and all the other heavenly bodies. We're just going to make a full circle today. We ain't leaving nothing out. You got me? The stars... And the other heavenly body, Psalm 104, 19, he made the moon to mark the seasons. That's why the moon does what it does how it does. That's why sometimes there's just a slither of it. Sometimes there's a full moon, a half moon, a quarter moon. Guess what God's doing? God is giving us people here on earth to know what's going on in the universe. God did that. The sun knows it's time for setting. Psalm 147, 4, he determines the number of the stars. He gives them all their names. Every star in existence. God knows every single one of them. And he named every single one of them. Isaiah 40, 26, he says, Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of His might, and because He is strong in power, not one is missing. James 1.17 Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. He said, I'm the same And I change not. Can we trust Him, church? Can we believe in Him, church? Is He in control of all things at all times? Amen. I'm still going on. He's in control and He is active, even managing the animal kingdom. Psalm 104, verses 20 through 27. The psalmist said, You make darkness. And it is night. When all the beasts of the forest creep out, the young lions roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. When the sun rises, they steal away and lie down in their dens. Man goes out to work and to his labor until evening. O Lord, how manifold are your works! In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, living things both small and small. And great. There go the ships and the Levithan, which you formed to play in it. These all look up to you to give them your food in due seasons. God's in control of all things at all times. Psalms 147, verse 9. He gives to the beast their food and to the young ravens that cry. Matthew ten twenty nine Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? In other words, as far as humans are concerned, you can buy two sparrows for one penny. They're worthless. But listen to what God says. And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your Father's knowledge. Guess what else he's doing? God is actively ruling over every nation on planet earth. Always has, always will. Psalm twenty-two, twenty-eight: 28. For the kingship belongs to the Lord and He rules over the nations. Job 12, 23. He makes nations great and He destroys them. He enlarges nations and He leads them away. Psalm 46, 8 through 10. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how He has brought desolation on the earth. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how He brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. He said, I will be exalted among the nations... I will be exalted in the earth. Psalm 66, 7. Who rules by his might forever, whose eyes keep watch on the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Isaiah 41, 2. Who stirred up one from the east, whom victory meets at every step. He gives up nations before him so that he tramples kings underfoot and he makes them like dust with his sword, like driven stubble with his bow. God's ruling the nations, folks. Well, we need to be worried about North Korea. We need to be worried about China. No, we need to be worried about nothing. We need to know that God is actively in charge and sovereignly and providentially ruling all of His creation, forever has been, forever will be. Rest in the Lord. He's ruling over all the nations of the world. God determines the course of human lives. God determines the course of human lives. Acts 17, 28. For in Him we live and move and have our being. Even as even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed His offspring. First Chronicles 29. Both riches and honor come from you and you ro- rule over us. And you rule over us. In your hand are power and might. And in your hand is it to make great and to give strength to all. Psalm 8, 3 and 4. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? For not from the east or from the west and not from the wilderness comes lifting up. But it is God who executes judgment, putting down one and lifting up another. Your eyes... Preaching so fast it won't keep up. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them. The days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them... Luke's gospel, for he brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. That was in Mary's song. John says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. I'm getting there, church. Looks like some of y'all done full. Can you can you stand just a little more? Can you stand just a little more? Let me give you a couple of examples of how God intervenes in human lives for our good. What about the Apostle Paul? The Apostle Paul. Let's go to the book of Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Now, as Paul went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. Then in chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, a lifelong friend of Herod the Patriarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said. Did you catch that? This is God leading the early New Testament church. They're following the Lord's leadership. They're following the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Now, now the Apostle Paul was basically arrested on his way to Damascus, knocked off the horse. God calls him to himself. Paul believes, Paul confesses, Paul is regenerated, converted, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit. Now he's preaching the gospel. And as he's preaching the gospel, they're in the church there in Antioch. And while they're worshiping and fasting, The Holy Spirit says to them, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Who's intervening on their behalf? God is. Then, after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. You want to know why Paul was so successful in his ministry for the Lord? He was born again, he was spirit filled, and he was spirit led. And when God said, go, he went. When God said, don't go there, he didn't go there. He was following the Holy Spirit of God. God was intervening in human lives for God's glory and God's honor. In chapter 16, verse 6, and they went through the region of that place in Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. In verse 10, and when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. If we want to do God's work, we got to do it God's way, and we got to go where God says go, and we can't go where God says don't go. We have to be led of the Holy Spirit. Not only does God intervene in human lives, but God was fully at work in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you say amen? Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Luke's Gospel. On one of those days as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with him to heal. But it is, but if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. God's at work in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. This man, in John's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 2, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Chapter 5, but Jesus answered him, My Father is working until now, and I am working this was why the jews were seeking all the more to kill him why were they seeking to kill him because not only was he breaking the sabbath but he was even calling god his own father making himself equal to god so jesus said to them truly truly i say to you the son can do nothing of his own accord but only what he sees the father doing for whatever the father does that the son does likewise Chapter 9, verse 3 and 4. It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Why was this man born blind? So that the works of God might be displayed in him. Why do you go through difficult times sometimes in life? Because God wants to bring glory out of your circumstance when He intervenes on your behalf. Can I get an amen? We must... Work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. John 14. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. 2 Corinthians 5.19. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. God is active today through the Holy Spirit. I was doing some deeper study on the subject of the Holy Spirit and found out that all the Gospels and all the New Testament has much to say about the Holy Spirit, but especially Luke. And loose Gospel and the book of Acts has much to say about the Holy Spirit. And I almost feel God leading us to study more about the Holy Spirit going forward. So you all pray for me that I'll be led the Spirit and I'll preach and teach exactly what God wants us to have preached and talked to us. Would you help me pray about that, church? God is active through the Holy Spirit. Look at Genesis 1-2. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was all over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. We knew that, didn't we? 2 Kings 2.16 And they said to him, Behold now, there are with your servants fifty strong men. Please let them go seek your master. It may be that the Spirit of the Lord has caught him up and cast him upon some mountain or into some valley, And he said, you shall not sin. The Spirit of the Lord is active. Ezekiel 8.3 He put out the form of a hand and took me by a lock of my head. And the Spirit lifted me up between earth and heaven and brought me in visions of God to Jerusalem, to the entrance of the gateway of the inner court that faces north, where was the seat of the image of jealousy which provokes to jealousy? The Holy Spirit of God basically snatched him up by the hair of the head and carried him off to Jerusalem. What do us bald people do? Maybe you will get me by the collar, you reckon? Let my eyebrows grow out. Ezekiel 11.1 1, The Spirit lifted me up. The Spirit lifted me up and brought me to the east gate of the house of the Lord, which faces east. And behold, at the entrance of the gateway, there were twenty-five men. Again, in chapter 43, the Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court. And behold, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. I'm about done. If you're following along the listening, guys, you notice that we're about done, aren't we? It's a good thing. God is active. And folks, I know we know this, but we've got to know it more. We've got to know it more. God is active in His church. The first verse we're going to look at is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 6. And this verse comes in the context of Teaching about the body of Christ and the gifts which the Spirit gives the church. We live in a consumer driven culture. My dream for hope in Christ was and is and forever will be that we are not a consumer driven church. So much so that I pay attention to words and and I try my best to correct encouragingly and lovingly. Try to correct folks. Listen, we don't go to church. You can't go to church. We are the church. We go to 315 Peter Avenue to a building. But we ain't going to church. We can't have church. Oh, well, we had church today. I know what you mean, but no. We worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. God showed up and stirred our hearts, and we had a marvelous, wonderful time worshiping and exalting the name of God. But I'm telling you, it's so important. The words we speak carry a lot of weight, and it's very important. The church is the collective body of individual believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's the church that's doing the work of God in accomplishing God's work on planet Earth today. Let's get our thinking right. Let's get our words right. Let's get our hearts right. Let's get our action right. This verse comes in the context of teaching about the body of Christ and the gifts that God gives to the church. If we'll quit going to church, and if we'll start being the informed, educated, spirit-filled, spirit-enabled, spiritually-equipped church, do you know what could take place in Monterey, Tennessee? Do you know what could take place in Putnam County, Tennessee? Do you know what could take place in Tennessee, United States, and around the world, if all the bodies of believers would just get the Word of God and do the Word of God? 1 Corinthians 12, 6. There are varieties of activities. The church is an active place. That's why we don't just go to church. We are the church. We're to be doing the church. Who's supposed to be doing the church? Every single born-again believer. Every single born-again believer. You have at least one spiritual gift and in love and in encouragement if you're not actively using it here at Hope in Christ. Shame, shame, shame's your name. Shame on you. Shame on you. That God would send His Son... That God would send his son to be beaten, to be tortured, to be nailed to a cross, to allow him to be resurrected from the dead, ascend back to the Father, send the Holy Spirit so that we could be born again and saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and receive the gifts of God and then sit on. Brother Steve, I tried that before and I got hurt. I've been getting hurt. 25 years I've been punched and beat and made fun of and poked at and spit on and talked about and lied about and falsely accused huh? huh? I know I sympathize with you I empathize with you but I'm saying this in love it's time to get over it it's time to get over it Today is the day of salvation. For him to know to do good, to her to know to do good, and don't do it to that person, it's sin. If you're not serving God to your fullest potential, operating in the spiritual gifts He's given you, you're living in open rebellion against God. You're living in sin. Repent and get busy. That wasn't in the notes either. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. But if all prophesy, and an unbeliever, outsider, enters, he is convicted by all. He is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed, and so falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. See, when the gifts of the Spirit are in full operation, lost people show up. They hear the gospel. They get convicted. They fall on their face, and they believe upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But when you go to church, we had a good meeting today, didn't we? Yeah. Preacher preached a good one, didn't he? Yeah, he seemed excited today. Why are we going to for lunch? A little long today, didn't he? Mm -hmm. That's going to church. I don't want to go to church. And I'm serious and in love. In love, I'm telling you. If you all collectively decide that you'd rather go to church than be the church, let me know. And I'll go. I'm serious as a heart attack. I'm not going to be a part of a group of people who want to go to church. I'm not, I'm not going to be a part of a group of people that want to go to church. That's not what the Bible teaches. And I'm going to stand and give an account one day of what I did with what God gave me. And I want to stand there in the arm, full armor of God knowing that I failed in many ways, but that I can look at God with a clear heart and say, I did all that I knew to do with all that you gave me, Father. And that's what I want to lead us to do. Get involved. If you're saved and born again and filled with the Holy Spirit, you've been given gifts of the Holy Spirit, and God is active in the church. And we need to see more of the moving of the Spirit of God amongst us in our homes, in our families, in our community, in our services. Can I get an amen? Galatians two eight. For he that worked through Peter for his apostolic ministry to the circumcised worked also through me for the for mine to the Gentiles. Galatians three five. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? I'm going with faith. What about you? Philippians 1.6 And I'm sure of this. And I'm sure of it too. That he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. We have nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in us, the church, he will bring it to a completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Why? Because it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Ephesians. So that through the church, that's what I've been talking about, so that through the church, not in the church, through the church. See, God sweeps in here and He flows us to the outside, to a lost and dying world. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authority in the heavenly places. And I close with this. Michelle, y'all come on. Ephesians chapter 3. Now to him who is able, say able. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think. Man, I've got a good idea in my head of what God could do around here if we just let him. But do you hear this verse of Scripture? Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work, where? Where? In us. In us. The power is not reserved in heaven. God doesn't just let a little little drop fall out now and then. God placed all the power of heaven within us. Because we are the church. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God may now be made known to all rulers and authorities in heavenly places. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or even think, according to the power that is at work within us. Listen closely. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and forever. Amen. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's stand to our feet today. What are we supposed to do with all that? Be obedient. Be obedient. This is the time of the service that God has set aside for us to respond. What has God said to you today? And how are you going to respond? I think a proper response, beginning with me and throughout everyone here today, would be, Father, forgive me where I've been slack. God, I realize today that you've been at work For me, for all of eternity. And God, I'm going to respond accordingly and appropriately to you today. For those, there could be some folks here today and say, Brother Steve, I'm, I'm, I'm giving my all. And there are some folks here that hope in Christ that, that they're giving their all and they're even giving some more. And to those folks, I say, thank you. And I know God's blessing you because of that. And this church is a huge blessing to this community. It is. We do a lot. But what could we do if everybody did Not even more, but just did what you're called to do. What if everybody done what they are called to do in the Spirit's power as the Spirit has equipped you? If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior today, I bid you that as the Holy Spirit tugs at your heart today, You just simply tell God you're sorry for your sins. Believe in your heart that Jesus died for you and was resurrected for you. And confess with Him today. Confess Him today as Lord and Savior. God will save you. The rest of us, let's let's allow God to tune us up today. As they sing this morning, Bill B.